the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, in today's epistle, St. James reminds us that there is an immense difference between a hearer and a doer. First of all, there is much to be said about hearing. We must first be willing, willing to listen to the Word of God and learn from it. This requires a lot of humility. We can find four types of people, those who are quick to hear and also quick to forget. These gain nothing. There are those who are slow to hear and slow to forget. These gain something. There are those who are quick to hear and slow to forget. These are full of wisdom. But there are those who are slow to hear and quick to forget. These are a wicked lot, for their pride and arrogance prevent them from listening because they think that they know everything. So between the hearer and the doer, between hearing and doing, there is a lot of room for humility. Doesn't that remind you of Our Lady? As you know, moments after the parable of the sower and the seed, Jesus described his mother as the one who hears the word of God and who does it. Mary is the perfect hearer. She is the perfect doer. She listens attentively to God's word, but they do not only remain in her ears, and here is a secret, she ponders them in her heart by meditating on them continually. So much so, so much so that the word of God was conceived in her virginal womb. The words of divine revelation coming from God himself are thus holy, These words are sacred words, so the rumination of these holy words will most certainly sanctify the heart from which blows our actions. With today's technology, we can listen to pious recordings and we can get a certain pleasure from them for we learn many new things. But we must ask ourselves honestly if we actually put what we have learned from hearing into practice. Sadly, listening to pious words do not always effectuate change in the heart, and so we remain merely hearers and not doers. Why is this? Perhaps we seek only to distract ourselves with these streams of words. Perhaps the knowledge that we gain from them puffs us up instead of humbling us, and we think that we know everything now. Perhaps these words flow through one ear and next to the other ear without falling into our heart. Too many words become noise, so perhaps instead of listening to many things, we should limit ourselves to a few things, less is after all more. Doing so will allow us to catch one or two phrases and keep them in our memory. 
and then we can ponder them in the silence of our heart. It's like a washing machine. When we put too many clothes in it, it's harder for the machine, and the clothes, they don't come out as clean as they should. But if we do little loads regularly, the machine will work better. So perhaps meditation can be compared to a washing machine. We put a few sacred words on spin in our heart throughout the day. Of course, not too fast. This will most certainly purify our imagination and cleanse our heart. Now, having a clean heart, a heart full of the treasures of the sacred words, will most certainly help us to be better towards. Let us now return to the epistle. St. James goes on to describe the hearer as a man who carelessly and hurriedly looked into the mirror and went his way and forgot what manner of man he was. So somebody who only hears but does nothing is compared to this careless man who stares into the mirror quickly and he walks away, forgetting what he looks like. What does this mean? Well, picture a man who somehow fell asleep on a dirty floor. He wakes up, realizing that he is late for work, and so he quickly takes a look in the mirror and dashes to work, not realizing the dirt all over his face. But this example does not fully express what St. James is saying, because the man did actually notice all the stains on his face, but somehow he forgot to wipe them off. For such a careless man, no mirror can help him. What is the purpose? What is the purpose of a mirror? Its first and main purpose is to give knowledge. What knowledge? Knowledge of uncleanness or beauty. The second purpose is to help remove stains. So if you find stains, using a mirror as a guide, it's very helpful to remove the stains or the blemishes. Or if your hair is unkempt, you can easily comb your hair as well. Lastly, after having removed all these disorders and the stains, the mirror then reveals the natural beauty of the person. We are not talking about artificial beauty, also known as glamour. Notice that the Latin translation says, Vultum nativitatis. Vultum nativitatis. So you get nativity there. As in the face which one was born with. So our natural appearance. So no mirror, mirror on the wall, no vanity. The natural appearance that we are born with is elevated simply by being clean, well-kept, and presentable. And of course, with much virtues, it shines through the body. Comparing this to St. James' epistle, the mirror is the Word of God, which represents to us what we are and what we ought to be. The countenance of a man is the state of his conscience. 
the stains are the sins whereby the purity of his soul is sullied and all the disorders in his heart. So, to see oneself in the mirror is to hear, to hear the word of God and to remark the difference there is between what we are and what we ought to be. To forget the state of one's countenance is to forget the truth preached and to neglect removing the blemishes is to neglect wiping off by tears of repentance the uncleanness caused by sin in the soul. So, whenever you listen to a sermon or um, a sermon or something pious and you feel that it touched your heart in some way to confess your sins, then go immediately. Do not wait. Do not neglect this very important sacrament for our, for the beauty of our soul. And lastly, let us not forget one very important thing. Our Lady is called the Mirror of Justice in her litany. Our Lady is a mirror. Whoever puts the Blessed Virgin before his eyes like a mirror, as in whoever meditates on her and her virtues, will see how much virtue is lacking in him. Look at her profound humility. We shall discover our insatiable ambition, our ridiculous vanity, and vain desire for honors. Look at her pure innocence and virginity, and it reveal to us our immodesty and lack of chastity. Contemplate her love for silence and solitude, her gentleness, her meekness, her clemency, her patience, her charity, and she will gently show us our loquacity, harshness, anger, severity, laziness, impatience, and lack of charity. Oh, how much we differ from the Blessed Virgin. The Immaculate Conception is the most brilliant and polished of all mirrors because she is unspotted, she is immaculate. Her soul reflects our soul perfectly. It is a mirror in which the image of chastity and the model of the virtues shine. She shows us the faults we must correct in ourselves and the dangers we must flee from and the virtues we must preserve. This mirror of Mary serves to purify us. The Virgin is a mirror in which the image of chastity shines through. So we must learn to obtain that beauty from Mary. Mary shows us what we need to work on in order that our soul may become beautiful. So dear faithful, do you realize that Mary fulfills all the purposes of a mirror? She helps us to recognize our faults and defects. She makes us wash them away. She shows us the beauty that comes from this purification. And this beauty of our soul is none other than the image of God. Lastly, this image also has a quality of a magnifying glass. The soul, my soul magnifies the Lord, she says. And so the mirror of Mary 
not only reflects perfectly the light of divine truth, but like a magnifying glass, it focuses this light into our heart that we may burn with the love of God. And if you love me, says our Lord, keep my commandments. So be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Mary, Mary of Justice, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.